submission to Him. You talk to Jesus like He's real. Who believes the words in red? Who says He's coming back again? Thank you. 
for the sake of the dark and part of the Someone said that as Christians, we're either going into a battle or we're already in a battle or we're coming out of a battle. But regardless of what phase you're at, God has that battle found in your life. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory.
Sad part about it is the children who are leaving are the ones that understand me best. You know, I, I, I worked for the Tennessee Baptist Convention at the Convention. One of the things that I really missed about the pastor's life when they were children. What are you doing, folks? You had you. Y'all guys can't take your sight off. But those little kids, they're so so excited about everything. Wasn't it great what they did this morning? Take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19. I need to apologize today. Brian got off the bat. I told him 10 through 16, so the mistake in the moment that it's mine. But you know, it's all right to make a mistake in church, isn't it? Come on now. Isn't it all right to make a mistake in church? Hallelujah. And the sweet thing about it is we're going to make a mistake. God's grace and mercy will just extend out and come back to you. It is good. I, I've heard of Brian, and, and it's good to meet him. I, I appreciate what he did for Daniel. He saved all of his hair. So Daniel could have a, a good crop up there. And, and we always kid him about his. But it is good to meet you guys. How long have you been here? 17 years. Joy to be here with you. I'm a rock star. Uh, I have been retired for several years and moved back to Johnson. Passed by a preacher guy from here. So that's why I look kind of good in the book. That's the first time I've been in this book. I just appreciate getting to worship with you today. Well, by now, even the deacons have found God's scripture today. So let me read it to you. Verse 10. There was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. To him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Rise, go to the street called Straight, inquire at the house of Judas, the one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he seen a man named Ananias coming in with Gentiles. So he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel, for I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. 
Ananias willingly and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, But Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Father, this is your word. Most of us are your people. If there's one here who is you, I pray the word today would bring fruition to his or her life. And they would come to know the grace and mercy that Saul and so many of us have experienced. Speak to us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. When I read this story, I was reminded of another story. A story about a little boy, three years old, named Ray. Every morning, Ray would come into the kitchen and have breakfast with his mother and ask her to pin a little bath towel on the back of his t-shirt. That little bath towel became that red and blue cape, that Superman wore. Throughout the day, little Ray would have varying escapades and all kinds of adventures as Superman. In fact, it got to be so much that he no longer thought of himself as playing Superman. He thought of himself as Superman. Do I have any teachers in the congregation this morning? Well, everything was fine until it came time to go to kindergarten. And when at kindergarten, the teacher asked little Ray what his name was. And I think you know by now what his reply was, Superman. And she said, but I need your, your other name. And again, he replied to her, Superman. Well, being a teacher, she realized it would take a little more authoritarian in her voice. And she leaned in and said, I need your real name for the records. Little Ray knew that he had to come to me. He knew he'd been busted. He slithered his eyes around the room, leaned into the teacher, and said, Clark Kent. Now, I can see Keith Brown, who knows me well, asking, How in the world is he going to connect that silly little story with this very serious text? Well, here's how. I find most of the time that I and most of us who name the name of Jesus Christ are able to just feel like we are Superman. That we, by God's grace, can do anything He wants us to do. One of our verses is Habakkuk 3.19. The Lord God is my strength. He makes my feet to walk on high heels. In other words, like those rams walking on those narrow cliffs that you see, sure-footed, never falling, we feel like we can do that. And of course, our favorite one is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So we're out there. We're supermen, superwomen. We will do what God calls us to do until calls us to do something that we ask, do what? You want me say it again. Do what? And then perhaps, by some excuse or another, we say, Lord, I'm going to try My life is modeled to be true. Come together with me. Amen. You know the sweetness of it? All of a sudden, if we turn our eyes upon the Lord, even when our walk is wrong, the grace of God is there to put braces on our legs that we might indeed 
This text gives me comfort that when I walk, I realize that I'm in your company at a light. I realize that we're all flesh and blood, and we all must arrive upon the grace of God and the power of those verses that we pray and walk in obedience in the midst of that hour. And so, it's not a text that brings great judgment against Ananias. It's a text that brings joy to my heart to know that I can walk through. So, as we look at this passage, I want to ask you to do this. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I want you to put yourself in this text. Put yourself in the message from the beginning until the end. First thing I want you to see from this is the commission that God gave to Ananias. Now, I need to say something right there. If you are born again, if in that time in your life, if you hold to your sins, when your mama, when your daddy, when your brothers, when your sisters died, it was your fault. And you ask God to come into your heart and your life. Believing that Jesus is the Son of God, rose from the birth, resurrected, reigned, coming again, you invited Him into your heart and your life. God has given you a commission. He does it all the time. He leads us. None of us are to be few sinners. As a friend of mine in Nashville said, "Time flies by in the time and kills." You have a ministry to perform. Commission. And here, as we look at this one, we can find ourselves perhaps in this. Ananias, God said, look back in verse 11 and 12. And I'll paraphrase it for you since we've already read it. He said, Listen, I want you to go down to the house where Saul is. And I want you to lay hands on him. I want you to lay hands on him so he can see his sight. And can receive the Holy Spirit. Now that's about like saying to the preacher, Preacher, will you go over to the hospital and visit a neighbor of mine who's lost and needs Jesus? Would you go over there? Oh, well, sure, I'd be happy to do that. I'll go visit him. Pray that I have an opportunity to share Jesus. That, that doesn't seem so bad. The commission here, God off, doesn't look bad at all. But, and there's always one thing that there's some qualifying terms here that changes this. Who is this Saul? If you know much about the Bible at all, you know Saul's experience on the road to Damascus when he's going out there to get the people who are Christians and take them back to Jerusalem and put them in jail. Ananias knows this well. And so that changes the concept Ananias knows Saul's name. It's doubtful, doubtful that he really knew him. There's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing them. Now let me tell you, I pause for a moment to say this to you. There are a lot of people in this community who know about you. And they would love to know you. They would be open to an invitation they say you've got a, a lab. Does anybody fill in here that has not got a bachelor's degree? They would love to come back in with you just so that I can get a plan. They know about you. What was it that Paul, Saul, later being Paul, said to the folks at Colossae in Colossians 1, 3, and 4? We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ praying always for you since we heard of your faith and of your love for all of the saints. The people in this community know more about you than all of you know more about the church put together. And they would welcome an invitation 
and we welcome you inside for visitation against Jesus Christ. We do not let this thing stop you from taking the mission God has given you in this community and going with the gospel. Fear robs us of great joy with the Lord. One thing about fear, usually if you just jump into something, the fear goes away. Because once you're in, that power can take over your life. It's like two boys standing on the back. And it doesn't matter if, 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 if you're a loud mouth like I am or if you're a different person. It really doesn't matter. God uses all of us to get forward. So suppose there are two boys standing on the back. We should make them scream. And I walk up behind them and shove them in. You know what's going to happen? Well, something like this. They're going to splutter a little bit. They're going to splatter in the water. Hopefully, they'll use some Sunday school language from it. And then they're going to start moving their heads and kicking their knees and legs and headed toward the bank. And they're going to get it to the bank. And when they climb out on the bank, they're mad at me until they realize suddenly, we can swim. We can swim, Lord. If you'll just jump off. If God gives you a commission to speak to a neighbor, to speak to someone out there, you always know when he says that. Or to do what church work God's called you to. Then you'll be good to me as you are good to me. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Meanwhile, back to Colorado. Saul was indeed the number Stay with me on this one. You know, when Jesus spoke to him on the road to Damascus, you know what he said? Who are you? Who are you? Oh, sounds like a silly question. Of course, because you're going away to get those who are serving Jesus and take them back to Jerusalem. The beloved, he knew about Jesus. He didn't know Jesus. It's awful easy for Satan to keep you in the dark by letting you know about Jesus. Not many people in this community who do not know about Jesus. But there are more people who, like Saul, do not know Jesus. There is a great difference. Religion will let you know about Jesus. Nicodemus, but only the blood of Jesus has you forgiven your sins and invite Christ into your life to let you know Jesus personally. And you can know that you know because he lives in your heart by giving you faith. Now listen, in all messages, have Jesus said to you, go God could use anyone he wanted to. Ananias wasn't the only person at Damascus when he saw God. But God chose him to go there. Beloved, don't think too highly of yourself. Whatever your position is in this church, God can use somebody else. But at the same time, be grateful to God that he called you to you want to do it for anybody. Use what God has given you and you might be the vessel that God wants you to be. Ananias could have said no. God could have chosen someone else. But Ananias would have missed the blessing that God had for him. Oh, don't let somebody else get your blessing. Let God be God. Commission that God gave to Ananias. Would Ananias go? Well, you know from the text he went. But you also know from the text that there was a cringe in his life. Oh, Ananias, again, said, Lord, what can 
not in on this. It's why Ananias is about to hit the church down. Can you imagine? Ananias says, God, let me tell you about this guy. This guy is here. You, you, you need to know what he did in Jerusalem to the people. And here he has letters from the chief priests to bind those of us who call on your name to take us back and put us in jail. And you want me to go? You know, sadly, too many of us today would say, he deserves what he's doing. I don't care about him. Oh, brother, I think he did it. I see in these sometimes in courts when people say, I think he's heard of God. They have to be shouting at God over somebody about the worst of all this. Because hell is a reality for all eternity. And Jesus died at the door so that we need to lift up Jesus Christ. And here, And I thought about my own son. How many times have I said that God wanted me to do something? Or if you know there's a COVID out there, you know it's coming back again. People are dying from it. And people don't want you in their houses. So I don't need to go knock on the door and tell them about Jesus. I would go to the hospital, but it's dangerous up there also. And I don't want to go to church now and just watch it on TV because I don't need to be in the crowd. Oh, beloved, Jesus suffered death for us. If I catch that serving my life, I think it would be one of the greatest things to ever happen. To look Jesus full in the face. And say for just a brief moment, for just a little while, I understand something. I was in Cuba. You, you have, if you get over there, and work in the world of Cuba, we was there. I said one day, there I was there, preaching, starting churches. We were preaching out by the riverside. Now, you know what text I chose for that. Talked about Paul down by the riverside and the lady there. And as I preached, there was a little child, mother holding a little child. The little child wasn't holding the pastor. I, I, I don't know the child in the world that was there. His eyes were red. His nose was just red and it's still red. His mouth was My heart hits back. And I know that disease eventually I took that life. But I said, God, I don't care if I die right now. I'm going to have that baby in my arms and hold it forever. And I did. I felt my heart. I felt the baby from my own mouth. And I told God, please allow me to dedicate it right to the voice of the godless. There are better things dying than better than something. And if you and I got to tell God how bad things are, just remember Jesus on the cross. And remember that God sent him to Saul's going to suffer for you. And beloved, if you really serve the Lord, you are going to do some suffering. There's going to be some people who shut the door in their face and they will get you off of their porch. There are going to be people in church who don't understand you. And they're going to criticize you. There's going to be all kinds of difficulty. You may have some sickness that you just don't think God will put on you. And it may be for discipline. But you are going to reach out to say, God, I sure hope God is there. And that God has awesome. I'm a little picture of that because in my life of 55 years now, I can live to get another hour in this gospel. And I can feel your pain in my mind 
Would you just 